But they left Egypt loaded down with the silver and the gold of the Egyptians. How do you think they were able to build the tabernacle and those things? They didn't find it out in the desert. They plundered the Egyptians as they left. The children of Israel leave the Egyptians, and after a while, Pharaoh has a change of heart. He doesn't want it to go quite so easy for them, and he changes his mind, and he begins to pursue the Israelites. The Israelites see the Red Sea in front of them. They see the Egyptians in this cloud of dust behind them. And right in that moment, you see, that's where God works best in difficult places. God can work beforehand, but I friend again and again, he comes through in the nick of time was what you did for the children of Israel. With the Red Sea in front of them, God opens up the Red Sea. Israelites pass through, according to scripture, on dry ground. When their enemy tries to go the same route that they did, God turned it around on him and they saw before their very eyes their enemy destroyed in an instant. It's amazing, again, how God intervenes on our behalf and how he delivers us. The Israelites begin to sing a song, and and we used to sing this whenever I attended Lori's dad's church. Maybe you remember this song. It was one of the scripture songs that was big like in the 80s. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider is thrown into the sea. How many of you remember that? All we need just like a guitar up here, we could sing it. That was a song we used to sing in church, and that was Miriam's song. And they began to pray, the Lord is God, and I'll praise him. They began to praise God for this mighty victory that they saw. But shortly after that, I believe it was three days later, they're on their journey, and they're thirsty, and they come to a pool, but the pool is filled with bitter water. You know, there's some bitter experiences that you and I experience in life. Even after great victories, even while we're carrying the riches that God has entrusted to us, even after seeing God deliver us, it's amazing in how such a short time we can come upon a bitter or difficult experience. And that's what the children of Israel did. That's where we pick up here in Exodus. In Exodus 15, verse 25 Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it in the water, and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, notice what he says, if you will listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right, In his eyes. If you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought in the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who does what? Who heals you. In that moment in time, God revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha. He said, I want you to know who I am. When you spend a time to get to know me, When you obey my commands, when you heed my call, I'll reveal myself to you as Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals you. God revealed himself to Moses and to the people of Israel, and he reveals himself to us today as the God who heals. I want you to notice that Moses picked up a piece of wood, and he threw the wood into the water, and God healed the water, removing the bitterness 
removing the bitter taste. Well, friend, there was another piece of wood that was revealed. And when Jesus picked it up and carried it, he bore upon himself your sickness, your disease, your sin, and mine. The prophet Isaiah said this hundreds of years before. What an amazing thing this gospel is. Hundreds of years before, he says this, but he was wounded for our transgressions. How would he have known that? Because the Holy Spirit inspired the prophet Isaiah. He gave him a vision of what God the Father was going to do. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. I want you to know that with his stripes, we are healed. The psalmist wrote in Psalms 103, verse 2, sometimes you have to talk to yourself. Do any of you live with somebody who talks to themselves? Come on now. Anybody? There's a few. There's a few of us who live with somebody who talks to themselves. Maybe some of you talk to yourself. Well, there's a good time to talk to ourselves. I was teasing Lori in the first service. I said, at our house, sometimes Lori can't hear me. And I'll yell, hey, dear, can you? And I can't hear you. I can hear you clearly. I don't understand how she can't hear me. But have any of you had those experiences when you talk to yourself? Hey, dear, can you? I can't hear you. Or I didn't hear you. But if I happen to grumble under my breath... Huh? What did you say? How can you hear me when I grumble under my breath as I'm walking away in another room? You can hear me then, but you can't hear me now. We're kidding. Sometimes you and I need to talk to ourselves. We need to talk to our soul. We need to talk to our will, to our emotions. We need to speak sometimes. We need to encourage ourselves and speak to our spirit and kind of tell it what to do. Your emotions and your will doesn't get to tell you what to do as a believer. You tell your will and emotions what to do. And the psalmist is really speaking to himself when he says, praise the Lord, my soul. He says, will and emotions, feelings. Well, I don't feel like it. It doesn't matter. He says, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Friends, there's benefits that come from serving the Lord. I don't know if you know it or not, but he's a good God. He's a good God when things are going good, and he's a good God when you're facing a bitter experience. He's a good God when you're in the mountaintop, and he's a good God when you're in the valley. He's a good God when you're in a well-watered plain, and he's still a good God when he's leading you through the desert. He's a good God, and you've got to speak to yourself. You've got to talk to yourself. And he says, the psalmist says, He's the one who forgives all our sins and heals all our diseases. The Lord is faithful and he's true. And what he says he will do, 
if there's anything that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me, it's this. That if I will declare his word truthfully and honestly, if I will declare his word, same thing for you. If you will say what the Lord says, not your opinion, thus says the Lord. His word gives us what he says. If you will declare his word, he will back you up every time. His word says that these signs will follow those who believe. If you'll declare his word, speak his word, he will back you up. He will show up on your behalf. He'll reveal himself as who his word says he is. Now listen to this. James says, is anyone among you in trouble? Well, then pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them. And anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And notice what it says. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And the Lord will raise them up. Not the pastor, not the evangelist, not the missionary, not the teacher is going to raise them up. The Lord will raise them up. And if they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, many of you remember the story of Lazarus. Lazarus was a dear friend of Jesus. His sisters, Mary and Martha, called for Jesus when Lazarus got ill. And Jesus delayed his coming. Now, I want you to know that there are times that we call and we feel that he delays his coming. Some of you have been, at times in your life, as you look back, you can say that you've been pushed a little further than what you could go. You've been stretched a little more than what you thought you could bear. And so Jesus shows up, but when he shows up, Lazarus has already died, and he's been in the grave for four days. When he greets them, they say to him, Jesus, in essence, if you'd been here, our brother Lazarus, he wouldn't have died. They didn't understand. In John chapter 11, verse 38, it says this, Jesus once more, deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across this entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he's been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, What does he say? If you believe, I want to say it again. These are Jesus's words. He says, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Friends, to see the glory of God, you got to trust him. To see the glory of God, you got to expect it. To see the glory of God, you got to be looking for it. And he says, if you'll believe, if you'll trust me, you'll see the glory of God. There's another verse I want to look at, and that's in Exodus chapter 33, verse 12. Exodus 33, verse 12. It talks about the glory of the Lord. And Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you'll send with me. You've said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, Moses says, Teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. 
Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. Friend, I want to say this to you. Sometimes we're looking for somebody else to go with us. Sometimes we're looking for a team. Sometimes we're waiting on somebody else. But the word promises us, the Lord says, I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. In every situation that you walk into, I want you to know that you're not alone. You got the Father, you got the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You might be up against two or three people who are your enemies, who want to do you harm, who want to tear you down. But they're outnumbered because the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is with you at all times. His presence is with you. And the Lord said to him, Moses, I'm going to go with you. My presence is going to go before you. And notice Moses' reply. Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with us, then don't send us up from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I'm pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, look what Moses said. Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. What's Moses want to see? What does he long for? He longs for God's presence. And he longs to see the glory of the Lord. The crazy thing, my friend, is when you get into the presence of the Lord, again and again, you'll experience his glory. It's in his presence that things are transformed. Some of you who feel weak, when you get into his presence, he empowers you. Some of you who feel inadequate, to do what you've been called to do. It's in his presence where you become empowered. You see, God desires to reveal his glory to his people. But he wants some people to ask him, to earnestly seek after, God, let me see your glory. As a church, I pray that that's our desire, that God, will you show me your glory? Lord, will you let me see? Will you let me see your powerful hand at work. Now, in this portion of Scripture that we looked at, we looked at God revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha, as the God who heals. And you know, sometimes around us, things are happening, and we don't even realize all the cool things that God is doing. God just doesn't heal our bodies, but he changes our hearts. And that's the most amazing thing. Today, I want you to know that God is in the healing business. God works in a number of different ways. He works in a variety of different ways. But again and again, he's at work in people's lives. The greatest miracle is the heart change. And God's doing that. And as he changes people's lives, one person at a time. I want you to know today that God saves. He heals brokenhearted. If we would take the time today in this room to talk and hear the testimonies of people who would say, that God healed their broken heart. For those who were tormented in their minds and they'd say that God brought peace in their mind. 
We serve a powerful healing God today. I hope that as you hear the word and it reveals to us who God says he is, it's who he says he is. It's nice for me to tell you who he is, but it's so much more awesome when you get into his presence and you get to know him himself and he reveals himself to you and you find out that he is the healer and he's the deliverer and he's your prince of peace and he's your savior. 